Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today, we have the founder and the CEO of Buy Boxer, Scott Needham, who developed and has been selling on Amazon for over seven years. And Scott is doing now currently $60 million per year. Yes, you heard it right. Scott also is the host of a podcast, The Smartest Amazon Seller. Uh, he's developed and he's launched Amazon solutions uh, like Valance Services, where we can go and get our money back that Amazon some uh, sometimes loses. Scott, how's it going, buddy? Good. Uh, thanks for having me, Quinn. Uh, happy to be and talk Amazon. That's what I do every day. But I still uh, I still learn more. So looking forward to what we can talk about. Absolutely. And um, I love learning right now, Scott. When I was young, I didn't. I you know, I was trying to run away from it as far as possible from learning. But now it's something that I actually go out of my way, try to learn more and more because, you know, we improve that 1% and we can beat that black hat guy or the, you know, the competitor. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, uh, we did something this year that increased sales three, four percent. And like, I'm still ecstatic about it. Like, just like to do something concrete like that. And, and actually, you know, I mean, I didn't even intend to bring it up, but it's called the uh, the NARF program. Are you familiar with that? No, and it's NARF, N-A-R-F? Yeah, it, it, it's a terrible acronym. Uh, Stan, it, it's a new program that Amazon's rolled out. It's not live to everyone yet, mm-hmm. but I... Um, I, I talked with the guy that uh, did it. He says like Q1 next year, they didn't want to launch it in Q4 because, you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But uh, it stands for North American Remote Fulfillment. It is, um, okay, you know, uh, it's, it's a cross marketplace tool where you can use your U.S. inventory that's in FBA fulfillment centers yeah. and it will list in Amazon.ca and amazon.com.mx like those two other marketplaces mm-hmm. and for shoppers in those marketplaces it will be as if it's a domestic purchase so this is similar to the FBA export checkbox that people have done but it's yeah. different it's different in that this one actually creates listings in those marketplaces and your products uh, you know get exported the same way um, but uh, we found um, overnight, three percent of our sales just increased uh through this and you know certain products yep. did better um in these other marketplaces and, and is this just you mean just canada and mexico or if you want to do that for europe it would so, automatically add so you. this has actually been in place in europe for years um if you've had your inventory in the uk you've actually been able to fill yes. that use that inventory and so if you're familiar with that program it's actually uh, it's very similar, and but just for Canada and Mexico, and and it is only you know North uh, sorry U.S. inventory only applies to those two other marketplaces, and um, I mean it was just like it's, it was one of the first times that Amazon rolled something out yeah. that I immediately said okay this was a slam dunk yes and um, do you know do you know if they're relocating some of the some of the warehouse inventory to those marketplaces or is it no, staying, it's staying no, in the it, U.S.? It, it stays in the U.S. Okay. until it gets sold. So um, it actually has the Prime badge, 
but it says like five to eight days shipping. Um, so the mm-hmm. customer does know that this is uh, a longer duration. They, they still want to have the prime batch. I'm not quite sure why, but um, um, they also handle the returns process. So your products, if they return it, would end up back in, in the U.S. Oh, wow. Oh, because that's something we have big issues with selling. If you sell anywhere across the border, you can't even get, for example, if you have, uh, I don't know, $10,000 worth of returns, the ones that you just need to repackage and stuff. Normally, it's either you're going to get a third party to ship it to you. It's going to cost more than the product itself, or we just get Amazon to destroy it. So now you're saying they will cross the border with yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yes. Man, oh man. I got I got to look into it. and this is invite only right now um, or Yeah. Uh, th- that's what they I've talked to this guy a few times. I mean, even 2 weeks ago because we had a, a pricing issue that we had to figure out. He has told me that um if you're selling more than a million a year that they're enrolling them now. And I have um, sent him a few sellers and they've told me it's worked out great. I could, uh, if you want to like, if anyone wants to reach out to me and send me their email, I'd be happy to, um, to connect you and, and hopefully he'll do that. Yeah. So far, like I've said, like two or three people and been great about it. Hop on a quick phone call and then, you know, turn you guys on. Um, I do think though that for the masses, uh, in January, f- February, I'd expect it to go to everyone. Okay. So close, close enough anyway. Yeah. And uh, Scott, uh, so just before we get too deep into it, so everybody knows here, uh, how you're doing those 60 million, what's your, your huh. model? Are you doing private label, yeah. wholesale, retail? Um, you know, uh, I'd say 80% is like a, you know, like a retail wholesale uh, situation where okay. we've, uh, you know, Early on, we actually developed a lot of software in-house. A lot of these tools are available now. You know, uh, like uh, there's Tactical Arbitrage or Price Checker 2. Those tools just weren't available in 2012. And so we kind of built our own. And, you know, we, we had our own metrics that we were like requiring before we made a purchase. But um, one thing that we have done, you know, if, if you were to say like, you know, what type of seller is like we go really wide. Um, we have... currently 70,000 products in like in FBA fulfillment centers right now. Um, And you you said products or, or SKUs? Sorry, SKUs. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. And you know, you can say that, you know, uh, probably the 80, 20 rule applies. Yeah. 80% of our sales on only 20% of those, or maybe even 10%. But um, we have always uh, excelled really well with like, large catalogs and we will go for long tail stuff because um you know we're happy with you know 15 sales a month uh on some products if if it's got good margins we'll do that you know you can make it work yeah and uh you know if you have your uh, software and automation in place to uh, to first you know judge if it's making money and then reorder it uh, accordingly and um, and then you know issue those POs in an automated way and that's just kind of how we've grown you know it's, it creates its own flywheel where you know the first year I you know we started at you know one or two million then eight uh, 20 you know like we've just we've, we've grown to 60 some sometimes it's been fast and actually right now we're kind of at a steady state uh, uh, it, it's it's amazing that um, we can do that much money and still not make a, 
a lot of profit. Actually, I think last year, uh, because of our investments in software and uh, and people and, and relationships, we actually lost money on the year. Oh, wow. um, and so, you know, it, maybe a certain segment of people tune me out because they're like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Well, that's not to say that some of those investments haven't paid off. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we, we're in a better situation, but, um, you know, right now we're kind of steady state and really just uh, trying to um, optimize for profitability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we've shrunk our selection. We've had as many as 100,000 ASINs. We've shrunk our selection to be about 70,000 uh, SKUs, and, uh, but we're more, um, our gross margin has gone up significantly. We were at 14%, and now we're at 19%. So uh, we're, we're chasing higher margin stuff. Uh, so that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, just, that's more about our business. We do have partnerships, and, and like, it's probably uh, more of a private label scenario and you know, launch products. A few successes there, but honestly, we have a lot of room to grow. We're not, uh, we don't have that cookie figured out yet. Yeah. And you said something here that is, uh, I really liked. It was the fact that you said uh, sometimes uh, when people hear that, okay, we lost money, they may tune you out and say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I actually think it could be the opposite because the guy that is, you know, can go into air and say, give an honest truth, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Can t- you can tell right away it's not the fake guru that's going out there trying to impress everybody, yeah. right? Because we know business, you know. Uh, yep. One of my, I have one that's not an online business. It's actually a, a um, it's a kitchen cabinet business. And um, it was the fastest growing one ever. And it just, to get to the seven figures, it only took like five and a half months. But we lost 270, right? So yep. <clears throat> I know all about it is you want to grow quick. You, you have to be able to do those investments. So I, I really understand you there. Yeah. I mean, uh, when it comes to profitability, if, I mean, for us, like, I don't know if there's any uh, uh, shortcuts to just having uh, better accounting. You know, the more you know uh, the numbers and like what's going on, the, the clearer picture you have of, you know, this is a, a, a very complicated accounting problem uh, selling on Amazon. There's no question because like how much do refunds impact you, you know, versus, you know, when you get a refund of sellable, it's in sellable condition or not sellable. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the different fees from uh, monthly storage, long-term storage, uh, you know, your shipping, your shipping inbound, your outbound, uh, you know, your prep materials. We, we actually do a lot of the bagging and, the, you know, bubble wrapping ourselves. And it's complicated. And for us to be able to like, you know, give them, you know, I, I, would, I would challenge people to, uh, to get a, a P&L, a profit and loss. So yeah. that, you know, October 2019, you can tell yourself and the bank and everyone like how much you made and how much you didn't. And to have that kind of clarity of, uh, of your accounting will uh, long term, it's what will sustain you. So you, you don't get in any awkward spots with the bank or, you know, because, you know, these high growth Senate situations lends itself really good to uh, loans and, and financial solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, you just want to know that you're, the, the more clarity you have, it will make you, you'll make better strategic decisions. Exactly. Scott, I'm, I'm just doing some math here in my head. Now, you have 70,000 SKUs. Uh, let's say if you keep an average of 20 of those uh, 20 units per SKU, which sometimes you got to do more, 
I, well, I guess if it's private label, we always have to have more, but that is 1.4 units just at those numbers, right? If if you cost about an average of five bucks each, you need to have about 7 million plus always sitting at the FBA warehouses. Does that destroy, yeah, does that destroy your cash flow? <laughs> well, uh, it's critical for our future cash flow. You know, yeah. um, you're getting inventory in uh, Amazon is what will like determine your sales. And you know, you could see that if our inventory value goes up five ten percent, our sales go up five ten percent. So mm-hmm. um, it's always been a, a, a careful balance, like you said, with cash flow. If uh, to do that, and um, but I mean, you're right. Though those are the numbers uh, we've we've grown an inventory of that size, and it's kind of what it takes to to, to really scale. At this point, do you have some sort of terms with some of the companies you deal with, like 60-day terms or 30-day? Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, it, it, we do whatever we can there. You know, you got to stretch uh, your dollar. Um, I mean, here's a recent win that can explain that. We actually do Halloween mm-hmm. and um, ha- Halloween vendors. You know, this is the week that they collect because, uh, you know, everyone's going to have a, a lot more cash. And so they... You know, they let you order almost all year round with terms to collect, you know, right after uh, Halloween. And, oh, really? And so, you know, we would look at this week and be like, oh, this is a really tough cash flow uh, week. But um, with the, with our biggest ones, we were able to, um, you know, just negotiate with them and put it on credit cards over the span of two or three weeks. And... What that has allowed us to do is to is to keep the rest of our business humming as normal, you know, like because like getting it in, you know, all that on one week was a huge crunch on our cash flow, and so turning, you know, our finance team uh, into a, a strength for what we'd be able to do has has always been helpful, and um, for you know our size and mm-hmm. it. Certain maneuvers like that can net us, you know, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars in credit card points, or in just being able to make sure that we're continuing to buy inventory so that we don't impact our, you know, December sales. So um, it, this it could tie into what I was just talking about earlier. You know, you getting your accounting uh, in order, and that allows you to to be a strength for your business and you, know, you can make some like riskier moves because you know where, uh, you know, your, your cash situation is going to be in you know three weeks or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the tools that you developed, uh, you kind of use them internally only. I'm thinking here on the, looking at 70,000 SKUs, if you want to do some updates, are you going to use the Amazon bulk upload files, those (laughs) crazy files that everybody knows? Or do you have something like of your own that you just, you know, you you can do a bulk uh, change of everything if you need? Right. So um, I'm actually a technical guy. I uh, develop software for us. And you know, early on, I connected with um, Amazon's API. Yeah. And it, it didn't take uh, too long. Uh, for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to encourage if people, you know, want to figure it out or have a developer that they know, um, I was able to s- start submitting uh, those flat files automatically after, uh, you know, a week or two of, of working on it. And uh, that's, that's really how we go really wide, you know, really fast. You give me a supplier of, you know, say they have a hundred thousand products, 
you know, it'll take me a day to analyze those hundred thousand to the uh, maybe the one thousand opportunities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so you, you okay? And uh, you said you build them yourself. You developed them yourself. Those tools. Yes. Yes. Nice. Nice. I always wanted to, uh, I guess, to learn how to do some programming and stuff. I actually enrolled in university for that, but uh, I, I just left because you know. So busy with other things, I figured I'll just uh, I'll just hire somebody when I need it. Yeah, but I was really into it. So, yeah. So Scott, with with these products that you have, being if a lot of them are wholesale, retail, all that stuff, do you have to launch them, or you go with products that are already on Amazon? So, like as I was saying, most of our stuff we are uh, on products that are already you know have a page, an image, and a, you know, a sales record. We, we don't do a lot of our own um, for our main business. Mm-hmm. We, we've done, we, we do that for um, some partnerships that we've uh, done, some brands that uh, have chosen us to, to sell their products. And so we'll do that marketing. But the vast majority, you know, 80% of our, our sales, we've relied on the legwork of the marketplace to figure things out mm-hmm. as to where the, the, the products that are selling and we have joined, uh, joined those products, nice. those listings. And one of those things that everybody wants to know about is always reviews. How do you get reviews? Uh, do you have the secret sauce or you just go <laughs> with? Uh... Um, well, you know what? We're scaredy cats with reviews. Uh, yes. We were uh, we had our own emailer for a while, and then um, we uh, received a suspension. And I we it just scared us, and so we're we we we've stopped requesting reviews for about two or three years. We may turn it back on to a neutral language that is uh, terms of service compliant, mm-hmm. but right now we don't do anything. Uh, our business is too big to risk at this point. Like I like it would. Uh, yeah, a lot of value would go down the drain if uh, we got a suspension. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I actually, I'm just like you. I'm a scary cat when it comes to reviews. I still request them, but I make sure that that request is 100% compliant. All right, we're back here. Uh, all right, so Scott just had a call from seller performance team. Meanwhile, and that's why we we had to pause this. So how do you do you deal with seller performance and uh, on a ongoing and very often basis or is that a Yes. Like, yeah. I mean with that many products we have a really high exposure and um because uh, if you've been selling on Amazon for a while you know some brands are uh, opinionated on how their products are uh, treated on Amazon uh, if you if you source through a distributor you know you, you could you could find yourself in that situation and and actually even if you're not uh, doing anything incorrectly like uh, seller performance is a regular part of a, of, a, of a seller's life to make sure that you're always uh, meeting like good metrics and that if something comes up that you respond to it um, as I was just saying I just had a phone call with seller performance our, our account is is under review right now. Um, one of the first things that she did say to me, though, was that it, it was clear that we work on it a lot and that we um, every single notice that comes through, we take her seriously and we do whatever we can to contact you know, the original rights owner or uh, to get documentation that this is a, a, an authentic product. Mm-hmm. 
and we are persistent with Amazon. Like we send, if they don't acknowledge um, our resolution, we, we follow up again and again. We have a full-time employee, probably one of our smarter ones. You know, she's very competent. And um, this, is, this is her full-time job is to reduce our risk uh, on seller performance. Um, this summer we uh, had, uh, you know, some shipment suspensions. And so, you know, we get hit on both sides. Um, on both the you know the selling side, uh, we haven't been suspended for about two years because we make such a big focus on it. Um, but also uh, our shipment, you know, you know, you got to send in every little uh, rule. It, it will matter. We have um, one product. We didn't have an expiration date on it, even okay. though it was a beauty product, and uh, there was no expiration date on the on the um, on the product itself. But mm-hmm. it was if if you actually go in the expiration date. Uh, in Amazon's guidelines, there actually are some rules about specific beauty products and, and the expiration dates that are associated with it. So, you know, you're going to get hit at some point sooner rather than later. I find that seller performance catches up with some of their policies. Right now, one that um, they're behind, I think, is product inserts. But I guarantee you um, they're going to get on top of it. They're going to have a team that's going to be just like just ruthless about um i see a lot of non-compliant inserts i mean even the products that i buy uh, for myself i say one out of four products has an insert that i'm like oh you can't say it this way yeah um or they'll you know they give you a coupon code for a review or this or that and i just wouldn't mess with it unless i mean like unless you're willing to 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 risk your business If, if it's a very small business maybe you can risk it but um if you get to a certain size like you just can't Oh, absolutely. You do not want to risk. You do not want to risk with, with the reviews, with the inserts. And I, I see a lot of them too, because anything that comes to the house and my wife does a lot of shopping, I always get those product inserts because I put them on my desk. I want to look at them, get the good ideas and also sometimes laugh at, at the terrible ones. Yeah. And, and there's some really, really bad ones out there. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's incredible that and I guess if you're going to do product insert, might as well double check that everything is spelled correctly. And huh. right, because sometimes yeah. people break the terms of service because they don't know, and they don't know what they don't know. And I don't know. That's no excuse for breaking the uh, the law. Not that it's the law. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 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 Amazon selling world, it's the law. Absolutely. Yes, it's their law, and uh, we you don't want to go to Amazon jail. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll create all sorts of headaches if you are uh, running a tight ship. I mean, they they'll even hold your inventory for you know one to three months, and so your options are just like very, very, very tight. So I'm very opinionated on the subject, and my opinion is just to stay as far as away from the line as you can. Mm-hmm. And so w- after you get into the uh, high eight figures, and you uh, start to approach you know, getting closer and closer to the 100 million, does Amazon give you some sort of special treatment? Because I can see that your account could get suspended as easily as the guy that's starting out if you have the same percentage of, uh, I guess, bad on the account health. Do you, at this point, do you have do you have somebody inside that will give you a call or you can actually get on the phone with and, and you know, help you out? The, the special treatment that we uh, that we have received or that we get 
we have to fight for it. And I don't think that anyone else couldn't do the same or we have to pay for it. We, uh, hmm. um, we do pay for the, uh, the strategic account services, which is a, uh, you know, it's a high monthly fee that allows you to have an account manager. I actually think the value there is actually more the team that's behind these account managers. They have uh, this, uh, these technical account managers that are that handle um, seller support tickets. Say yeah. that you didn't get re- you didn't get a good response. You're like these people just didn't even read this. Um, you're able to escalate those issues. So we do have access to an escalation queue. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, we if if Amazon say that Amazon doesn't respond to our response on a uh, on a rights on I say a copyright or a trademark and we have like a good response, we will use this um, escalations queue to make sure that like it's documented correctly, that we have uh, been cleared. And so, uh, you know, anyone can get the special treatment if you pay for it. I'd almost argue that we have a bigger target on our backs because of our size. We have, we have bigger exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, the more products you have, uh, the more chance that something isn't compliant. Uh, you know, uh, say it's, it's considered a restricted product. And um, we, uh, we really, we, we are always, I mean, I'm always on the edge of like feeling that like we're not, our account isn't safe because we have such big exposure with so many ASINs. And in a lot of ways, that's another strategy of us shrinking our catalog size is, just to make sure that you know we we don't have to deal with that because you know being down a day is is uh, over a hundred thousand dollars in cash flow like that's um, okay. not very easy considering you know we have a hundred plus employees and um, you know we have bills to pay <laughs> so um, wow. so I mean I I actually felt the same way like always at the bigger sellers like oh if i got that level you know i'd get this treatment amazon will take me seriously and this and that and that's not really the case we have to fight for it uh, mm-hmm. just like anyone else so i'm guessing that's like the same myth of when you start uh like those first few weeks when you start you think to yourself man oh man when i get to a million bucks in sales all the cash flow problems are gone and so you a lot of people believe that right i'm going to be making a million so i'll have a million in the bank and uh, yeah, that's definitely one of those. So how do you deal with, for example, with 70,000 SKUs, uh, you mentioned that you, you have a big target on your back. And I started putting it together uh, when it comes to those, the false positives. You know, when the algorithm catches a keyword that you shouldn't be using, but the keyword is in the listing, does that affect you? Or because the listing was already there, it doesn't affect you at all? Oh, it certainly affects us. Uh, some of them are like trademarked, mm-hmm. and then the the trademark owner will come in and um, uh, create a lot of uh, you know performance notifications for us, being like, "Hey, you can't use this word because they've trademarked." Uh, yeah. uh, shoot, we've been sued over a, literally just a word on a title, really? and um, yeah. Uh, of a product page that we didn't create, but because we had sold it, um, some judge uh, said it was worth a lawsuit. It was, uh, you know, just another headache. So, um, yeah, I mean, they all, like I said, big target on our back. And uh, so I wonder if, and, and, that, and, the, and the keywords do matter. 
in that situation, if there was, let's say there was 20 people uh, trying to fight for that buy box, will they go and sue all 20? Even the, you know, the person that has one unit and that's the only unit of anything they have on Amazon or they go after yeah, you because I, you're big. I, I know, um, I mean, this specific lawsuit, they had maybe about, uh, so they had their term that was trademarked and um, they had about seven Amazon sellers and maybe about 80 eBay sellers that were, you know, the defendants mm. and they were able to get um, enough of the account information to eBay and Amazon that, you know, we were on the hook. I don't know if everyone was uh, caught in that um mm -hmm. we uh you know we, we we made a very quick settlement because we were not uh we weren't infringing intentionally and um uh, that that's the word that they used innocent infringer and so we, we we got off the hook as quickly as we could but um just wasn't a situation we wanted to be in no definitely not so you mentioned you have now over 100 people on your on your team how do you train your team i guess at this point it's probably not even you doing the training but originally how did you train your team to become basically what we want is people to become our clones right how right. did you do that uh, i mean you know it's it's really uh i as a software developer i would see um the processes that we had and i was always optimizing around that so I did work one-on-one -on -one with people, and I still do observe um, our processes because, you know, there's small shortcuts here and there. You know, for our distribution, uh, we do have uh, software as well. And if we make, you know, an, an, an improvement that improves by, you know, 30 seconds an hour, um, that adds up when you start to times that by 100. So yeah. I do, I watch our employees a lot, and I... Um, you know, I broadcast uh, training videos a lot. I'll like do a screen share. And I actually think that's one of the most effective ways to teach people is, you know, recording your screen and just speaking because pe people can reference it. And then when you have new employees, you know, you got a catalog of videos that they can, they can use as training. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little combination of both, but one-on-one uh, -on -one and uh, using um, our existing software. It's just kind of like, handhold them through it um if you are de designing business processes with multiple people you kind of have to design it in a way that's kind of like idiot proof and not that people are idiots but like uh that if something bad can happen if someone could do the wrong thing it eventually will and so you have to design it so like you just can't misuse you can't do it wrong yeah i'm I not sure. we're, we're, we're not there all the way but some of our processes you know we kind of have for example, um, people can't break map on some of our products. We can't, like an employee just can't go in and be like, I'm going to change the price here. Mm -hmm. And we have processes that stop that so that we can comply with certain pricing. That's just kind of the mindset of developing a process um, that involves many people is get it into a space where, you know, it's impossible to do it wrong. It, it's, it's, a good, it's a good methodology for, for that so how does the brand owner in that case, I guess it doesn't happen to you because you, like you just said, breaking map is something that you have a process for. When, when somebody does break map, because I have, for example, uh, you know, one listing that, uh, that's a product that's at mine, that's at retail. And uh, it all often happens that people go and lower it and lower it. There's that race to the bottom there. And I don't want to see that. Um, how does the, 
the manufacturer in most cases deal with that? Well, um, we get notices if we ever are breaking map and, you know, sometimes it's one strike, two or three strikes and you're out. I, I do treat it now as a company by company basis. Mm-hmm. If, so, if, a, if a company can't uh, get control over their suppliers after three or six months and everyone's breaking map, we'll, we're going to eventually do it because uh, we can't afford to just keep our inventory there forever. Um, but as a, you know, as a, as a best practice, we do comply with map. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll email them and contact them to, to let them know like, Hey, here's what's going on. Um, there are software solutions that brands are using a lot now to, to police and and notify, um, sellers and we've been on the receiving. The, the notifying and and the policing of it, I, I find that the easy part, but what what can't be controlled in my end is the is the ones that buy it from retail, the ones that are not buying wholesale directly from us. Uh. And it's I don't know the person that has three units, and then uh, the other one that has two units, and they just show up and they got it at a, you know some clearance somewhere, and now they're they lower the price right. five bucks. Yeah, I mean. Um, Hopefully, it's in a situation where you can wait it out, and um, and that it's not a, a repeated bad problem. And if it is, you know, we get off of it. it we have uh, a lot of, you know, we'll study our products and see how long it took us to to sell something. And if we didn't make money off of it, or you know, we paid too many fees, like we'll just discontinue that product. Um, or, or even that company. And, and we've done that and we um, probably should do it more. Mm-hmm. And Scott, for a company this big and with the technology that Amazon has available to them, how can they still not have a full grip on their reimbursements? So I know you developed a tool so people can yeah. get their money back. How does Amazon, how are they not able to do what you have done? Well, um, I, uh, let's see, many opinions on the subject. One, I could say, I think Amazon's actually getting slightly better. Um, 2017, our refund, uh, as a, if we were to look at like a percentage of our uh, sales, our revenue, mm-hmm. um, we were requesting and receiving a higher percentage than we are now. Now we still are doing great, but it's just like it, there has been a... Uh, uh, a slight improvement on Amazon's processes to uh, mm-hmm. giving reimbursements, but there are still many situations where um, you do have to ask Amazon for a reimbursement. I could give several examples, and I, I I think it's I think it's easy money for most people, and you could either do it yourself or you know you could use a service. Uh, we built one, so let me just explain. Um, if you take take a look at the adjustments table, um, there's the D's and the M's. If those haven't been reimbursed, like you're owed those reimbursements. Amazon lost your inventory. You're technically the owner of it, mm-hmm. and they they have to pay you for that. And they do if if it's pointed out to them. I'll, often they will do it um, automatically, but not all the time. And uh, for us, it was just too much money on the table. We were using a service, and it was working great, but we just felt there was more. Uh, because we have a large catalog. And so I, um, you know, I automated a solution that was like very thorough at finding all the opportunities. And it was well over six figures when we turned this solution on for us. It was, wow. you know, close to, close to uh, 
1% of our sales, you know, for an entire year, we got it in like two or three months uh, in reimbursements. Um, there are some reimbursements where we're referencing, you know, nine or 10 different reports to kind of build a, uh, uh, a reconciliation of if Amazon, you know, lost or, uh, you know, uh, inventory that hasn't been accounted for. Um, and here's another one where Amazon definitely is not proactive in reimbursing is the FBA fees. If they, ch- if, if say a product has its dimensions changed yes. by, a, by being measured, it will be, say it's a large product. Well, it was measured as at a large size and then it was reduced in size. So it used to have a fulfillment fee of $7 and now it's a fulfillment fee of $5. Mm-hmm. You're actually owed the difference uh, for those transactions that were paid at the higher FBA fee for the last 90 days. And I've seen some, you know, if it's a, a, a well-selling product, I've seen some reimbursements uh, over $1,000 in this space. And on top of it, we will then ask for a reimbursement on the storage fees because you're like, hey, you were, st- you were, you were measuring this at one and and uh, it was a, we're paying you know Q4 storage fees that were a few hundred dollars, and, and we have successfully received reimbursements on those as well. So um, I mean, it's the easiest money if you if, if you're a significant. I mean, if if, if you're in the FBA program, uh, I think you should be aware of it and find where the, this low hanging fruit is. Um, I'm happy to. Um, tell you better uh, all the services that are out there. We're not the only ones. I do think ours is great. Uh, ours is called, it's valence services is what we have. And I don't actually actively work on it anymore. Uh, and I kind of act as an affiliate. Um, if you go through my link, you'll get a, you'll get a reduced rate. It's um, valenceservices.com slash smartest seller. Mm-hmm. And the original commission rate is uh, so uh, these services they usually take a percentage, it's kind of like a bounty. Yeah. If they get you a hundred dollars, they'll take a, a cut out of what is reimbursed to you. And our regular rate is thirty three percent, and then uh, this link you'll get twenty five percent, and that's that's open for anyone. Okay, that's fair enough. <clears throat> but I, I really just feel most passionate that people use, do something <laughs> that uh, if you've been selling on FBA and haven't gone after this money, that do something to uh, to get uh, full, you know, all the money that you're owed. Oh yeah, definitely. The don't don't just let it sit there in yeah. no man's land. Of course. So uh, now, Scott, tell us a little bit about Buy Boxer. You you're the founder. You're the CEO of Buy Boxer. Is that right? Um, yeah, I haven't always been the CEO. Um, that's kind of more recent. And I mean, we're a few different animals now. We do the, the retail, as I described. We also, um, you know, you're seeing a lot of brands wanting to take control themselves. And so we've built out kind of a consulting side, a, kind of an agency. That, that's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself busy. That's what I focus a lot of my attention to is to, to, to kind of diversify a little bit in the Amazon arena. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been going pretty good for us. All right. And then uh, where do you see kind of Amazon going here in the future? I see uh, seller, seller Central's here to stay. You know, sellers are uh, proving to do really well. Um, I do see uh, brands, uh, they're realizing this and t- trying to take control of their own channel. And there will always be a space for wholesale 
but I just don't see it growing at the same rate as, say, existing brands trying to you know leverage uh, the marketplace and and see it as one a component of their marketplace. I don't I don't love all the trends. I don't love all the advertising that's being that uh, feels like it's required now. Hasn't always been the case, but um, kind of feels like a tax. I do see that only growing. There's so much energy in the advertising on Amazon right now um, that it's kind of like you have to do it uh, to get exposure. If you're going to launch a new product, well, you got to have a a budget for PPC. I don't love that, but I don't see it going away. Oh, yeah. And now now they're working with... uh... pardon me, with the Amazon pixels and retargeting. And it's, it's still not perfect, of course, and, and nothing, nothing is perfect at launch, but it's, it's exciting where it could go. At the same time, yeah, it's like you said, it's, it's a thorn, right? Well, it's kind of like if everyone is paying it, everyone together, competitors and non I mean like then it then it starts to feel like a tax exactly so I hope that there and there are more creative ways that people are uh, able to get exposure um, I've actually seen a pretty big push on Amazon live that's where uh, you um, can create if, if, if it's your brand uh, yeah. you can create a live video and or you can talk about your product, and you get it's going to get visibility in different locations, and you know it's free to do that if you uh, can put together something entertaining. Uh, I've seen some success there. Uh, we're thinking about getting into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, your shoppers are uh, they're getting more savvy, and I think they're expecting more out of just your sellers in general. Um, that's, you know, we, as we move to one day shipping, you're seeing uh, just that expectation rise. And so we feel like we just have to keep getting better. And, you know, I keep telling my team is like, we got to be e-commerce professionals. And, you know, after you spend a few years, I think you can safely say that about yourself. Like, I mean, like I understand things, you know, you kind of see an Amazon page and it looks like the matrix. You're like, Oh, I see, you know, how, how I can improve this here, how I could improve that there. And, uh, for us, the right, right now I'm focusing a lot on images, uh, the photos that we do that we, um, get awesome pictures that showcase products really well and i'm i'm banking on it uh you know having a good roi don't know yet but um oh definitely images are are so important and and that main image is something that i've been uh playing a lot with uh lately and Mm -hmm. you know when we remove all the white around the product itself the, the the thumbnail of course is going to look bigger than anybody else's if if the if the competitor hasn't done that I like and, that yeah and that the click through rate of increasing the size of the thumbnail it, it increases that click through rate on the product so the more people that click on it of course the more people that are going to buy it if if there's nothing wrong with that yeah that's really solid advice. Um, I've been trying to follow some of the, those that are like, you know, there's some uh, Amazon photography agencies mm-hmm. and I just, I just read everything they put out. I, I look at their images and kind of like discern like, why do they do that or this or this? And I think you can start to pick up some of those skills yourself if you don't want to uh, lean on an agency. 
Yeah, you, you know one that I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have the results yet, but I'm studying this right now because I, I saw a huge improvement once changing the shape of, of the image. Let's say, for example, if, if we're talking about a bottle, this bottle is going to be vertical rectangle, right? Because we try to take all the white space out. But often on the supplement space, you see three right? So the main image is the product rotated three times. And what that does is allows us to have the image be more square. And when the image is square, that's what we're testing right now, is um, the amount of clicks it gets increases. Uh, so far, that's the result, is that it increases every time on a square image versus the rectangle, right? Yeah, You know what I mean? When you have, let's say, I don't know, a supplement, one bottle of something, and it's a tall bottle, that image mm -hmm. is going to be, Amazon shows it as a big square, but your image itself is a tall rectangle. That's mm -hmm. something, I mean, I don't have the results, the final results yet, because we need a bit more, more data. But um, man, this, it seems to be something that we're going to implement. That's interesting, yeah. All right, Scott, before I let you go, um, I know you were, you do a lot with, with coupons. What is good about coupons? So, um, you know, just how you're describing click-through, um, coupons are a different type of advertising tool. They are not sponsored products. Sponsored products increases visibility mm -hmm. of, a, you know, discoverability. People find your product, but a coupon works very differently it works on the other end of you know the sales funnel it increases click through and it'll increase uh conversion because they have a badge so that yeah. badge comes across you know think of someone on a phone and you see this little green little coupon it says two dollars off it actually stops your eye and it gives you an additional uh badge that Will, will give your product more consideration. And then on click-through, people feel a value add when they're on your page. There's that little checkbox like, hey, apply this coupon. Yeah. They have to click on that. And I actually think that's, that's really helpful because it, it, it kind of increases that uh, feeling that you're getting a deal. So I tell people, you know, like if you're looking to reduce your price, like never do that without just like making your reduction a coupon. <laughs> um, and oh. there, there, there is a minimum value, you know, you have to do, yeah, yeah. But, which is 5%, or you can do a whole, you know, a whole dollar amount, one or $2. Uh, that is just a, uh, it's, it's, it's a more effective way to reduce price. If you're trying say you're unloading inventory, we had a lot of inventory that was stale. And we had, we, our sales of our stale inventory doubled when we threw coupons on all of them. And, and you prefer that as to going inside a, on the back end of the listing and changing to a sale, let's say one week sale while I lower it from twenty nine ninety nine to 24 or whatever. Right. Yeah. You, it, I, I think it's, I think it's better than strike through pricing. Um, wow. So Yeah. Just because I think that the shopper is more engaged in in that uh, reduction, you know, you tell someone if you uh, got a good deal, you got five dollars off. You know, oh. uh, it it kind of has that uh, free shipping feeling to it. I'm guessing um, strike through pricing is. I mean, ninety percent ninety percent of people have it, so it's kind of right assumed 
already. I mean, I right. I think. Uh, I mean, I think coupons are so good. Like they're going to get abused at some point. Like because there's no reason not to. It's uh, it's always going to distinguish you amongst uh, competitors. So. Um, and that's how that's that's my perspective on coupons. I think um, they should be a big part of uh, of a you know a marketer's tool belt. Yeah, it's not something that I'm big into, and I'm going to talk to my team as well. And of course, they're uh, not as big as your team, but we uh, we're definitely going to look into it. And uh, as soon as we're off the call here, I'll actually mention it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because uh, I always play with strike through pricing and even when it comes to i don't know let's say we're approaching black fridays and we have the black friday event that you're part of some products uh are not eligible to enter the uh, the black friday uh, discounts right the yeah. deal, the lightning deals and stuff so i do play with strike throughs on that day bigger ones but uh yeah this is a good point uh, yeah, I, I, I st- there is value of strike throughs. Those, those are, those are good. I just think coupons are also good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's a accumulation of both of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, what I actually, I have, I, I've never even thought or uh, considered using both. That would be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna play with that today. Well, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what the results are. <laughs> awesome. Scott, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find Buyboxer, uh, uh, Valence Services, and, and you. Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned a few of those already. Um, let's see. I mean, um, you probably won't learn too much from Buyboxer.com. That's kind of our just our page for uh, talking to brands. But um, I'm a, you'll see me most active uh, on Instagram at Smartest Seller. I post uh, some things, you know, I'll talk about that on my podcast, uh, The Smartest Amazon Seller. I dive into just like specific issues. I, it's less motivational, more just like mechanical, like here's the nuts and bolts of like how Amazon works. And that's what I hope to, that's kind of the value I, I try and uh, add to the community. And, uh, but I, this has been great. I, I've loved your questions and been able to talk Amazon stuff. Well. Wow. Thank you, Scott. And uh, for those of you listening, I'm going to have these on the show notes so you can check it out, all the links to uh, Scott's stuff. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Scott Needham. Scott, thank you so much. Well, thank you.